Episode 4, Halifax's Chinatown Part 2. This episode is compiled in two parts. This is Part 2 of Halifax's Chinatown, The Dinner Tour. If you want to hear more about the beginning of this talk, I suggest you stop listening here and go listen to the lunch tour. On the dinner tour, participants went to Jean's Chinese Restaurant on Spring Garden, Jin Cheng Chinese Cuisine on Dresden Row, Medley Market in Park Lane Mall, Key Brothers Dumplings on Barrington Street, Silver Dragon Restaurant on Roby, and Tam Fat Asian Grocery Store on the Bedford Highway. raised me in a very particular way. We immigrated when I was a baby from Hong Kong. And so um, so we lived in a suburb of Toronto. And my name, literally, this character, is a girl under a shelter. And that's how my parents literally think about my name. And that is really close to how I was raised. I was raised in a really sheltered um, suburban environment. What resonates is now that I have my own home and it is in a very suburban kind of neighborhood of Halifax in Fairview. But a lot of my experience growing up as a Chinese girl um, in Toronto was from inside my home looking outside. So I've been feeling that kind of separation and feeling a little sheltered and a little invisible. Jean's Chinese Restaurant on Spring Garden Road. It was only recently when we started to get an influx of uh, Chinese restaurants, uh, but we were one of the first, so luckily we were able to get our foot in the door and let the people know who we were before they started all popping up all over yeah. the city. And yeah, but it really adds to the culture here, like we said. Yeah. Yeah. I was in grade four when we opened, and hence when I started working. This used to be a Tim Hortons before we decided to make it a jeans. Really? Yeah. Is that a map of the city? Or? No, this is a map of our route. So okay. we've done, uh, I took a lunch tour around, and this is the start of our dinner tour. I'm really kind of curious about this because I have this aversion to lo mein for some reason. Um, I don't know, I think it's that I, I love a good um, fried noodle, like a chow mein that has a crispy yeah. bed. So if I was ever to have a choice, I would rarely choose a lo mein. Um, but then I love the sauces, so I don't know what my problem is. I wonder if I'm most familiar with this type of noodle because it was easily imported. Um, this is almost every restaurant uses this kind of egg noodle. This size too, right? This is definitely Cantonese noodles because it, here, when you order chow mein, it's the Chinese Canadian chow mein. I don't mean here, I mean in the city. So it's the stuff that's all chopped vegetables with crispy, crispy chip-like things on top. That's what they call chow mein here, which shocked me because I ordered it and I was 
utterly disappointed when it arrived in delivery because I wanted Cantonese style chow mein. So if you want this kind of chow mein, you have to look for the item menu item that says Cantonese style chow mein mm. to make sure you get noodles in it instead of wet vegetables. Mm -hmm. I was saying I've been wanting to do something like this just for fun since we moved here because Rick and I found it really curious that the city didn't have a concentrated Chinatown. There yeah. were Chinese restaurants, but I couldn't I couldn't find Chinatown. Usually you can just plug it into Google Maps and say Chinatown, mm -hmm. Italy, yes. or Milan, or Chinatown, wherever. When I find Asian food that I really love here, I can't help but go back once or twice in the same two weeks or so yeah. to really just fill, fill my soul with it. There's a famous um, Chinese Canadian entrepreneur named Hing Wing, mm. who opened an empire in uh, Montreal and sold noodles across the nation and was the supplier apparently. Wow. Yeah. These yeah. are wings. This is the person who makes uh, the noodles. Yeah, and all sorts of Chinese staple products. And we're going to visit Jinchen, another Chinese restaurant. This is the only restaurant that I wasn't able to make any contact with. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Number two, Jin Cheng Chinese cuisine on Dresden Row. So why doesn't everyone just help themselves? Those are the stir-fried rice cakes with Napa cabbage. And then this is a cold Sichuan noodle. So this is very interesting. All the other restaurants that we've been to, they gave us forks and knives. And we had to ask for chopsticks. It's hard because what do you call that taste that you're looking for that you've had in the past from a from a place of origin, like the original place I tasted this. How do I describe the accuracy of that um, without using that terminology, right? And really, I think that's what we're trying, what people are looking for to stimulate their palate or to find that moment of nostalgia. Well, some would argue that there is an authentic uh, Chinese cuisine, you know, and so I think this place must be so popular because it comes really close. We're going to all these dining out places as restaurants and I think on the surface level that's what I gravitate toward as someone who grew up in a really middle class upbringing in a, in, um, in a very multicultural suburb that only slowly started getting Chinese grocery stores and things like that. that people moving from downtown to open shops in the suburbs. Eating out in Halifax is definitely a luxury. It's not common food, like things that people take for granted as street food either in Asia or in other um, larger cities in Canada and North America and other countries. It's the cheaply available food that's tasty and nostalgic, but here it's at the price of, you know, almost double the price of anywhere else I would go in any other city. So a lot of Chinese restaurants have two menus, especially the older ones, English with combos, and then the Chinese menu that they'll ask you if you want a Chinese menu. And so I was kind of surprised at that. The first week we were here and we ate out and they're like, do you want the Chinese menu? And it's like, does that mean it's in Chinese language? And they're like, it's in both English and Chinese, but it's more authentic Chinese dishes. So we're going to head to Park Lane. Number three, Medley Market and Park Lane Mall. stop into um, and then the other place I wanted to point out was treats so treats is um, 
as most of you know, a chain that sells baked goods, kind of like a Tim Hortons coffee, things like that. Uh, but this one has a Chinese menu because they're Chinese owned and operated. And in the last, say, whole three years, they started posting this Chinese menu with noodle offerings and things like that. This is a place that they started offering some um, Chinese menus, these chef specials, and I've been told it's quite good, so if anyone wants to try it at some point when they're at the mall. So the other place try, uh, we're going to check out uh, is this um, convenience store, and what's special about them is that they carry a bunch of Asian products and Asian beverages, which are really cool, so um, I like to treat everyone to one Asian beverage, uh, so you can take your pick from this cooler here. Soy is from my childhood. So that used to be one of the earliest imported beverages from mm. Asia. Mm. And children drink Soy milk. So yeah. soy milk. In the little Yeah, the white container like that with the logo on it. Mm -hmm. And I used to take one to lunch every day. And I was the only kid with a Soy, and I felt like such a dork. We're almost like children in a playground right now. Yeah. And everything is, is stimulating any mm. sense right so um, like the tea but also the food the smells or the tactility or the textures of the food and the taste and all the sounds related to it so. number four key brothers dumplings on barrington street that was um, highlighting their opening here and he studied hospitality and decided to open this restaurant with his brother. So I'm wondering with the new generation of Chinese students coming, how many of those students will become the next entrepreneurs here and really how will that change the, the landscape of the city? So I did look into some of the history here in uh, Chinese immigration to the East Coast. It seemed like this coast, Halifax as a port, was more of a stopover port for further travel. So either you arrive in Halifax and you travel west to help work on the rail lines, or you keep traveling to the West Indies to help in the plantation areas there. And Halifax or the Atlantic never had an industry that really welcomed or required um, cheaper labor. So I wonder if that's part of the difference between the West Coast and here. Chinese immigrants who did stay here kept homes near the port, but then once the port started being developed for more commercial and uh, industry business, they pushed them outward more into the peninsula. It seems very class-based, everyone's experience with food or their cultural sort of food um, has to do with money. It was always yeah. cheaper to buy what they used to call set dinner, though, but they call it set dinner with three dishes, and then they give you a rice and a soup, and you take it home. And that in itself could cost as little as $16. So yeah, it was a really different environment where I grew, how I grew up in Toronto as a Chinese Canadian, that I don't think that that's necessarily everyone's experience. Um, I had neighbors and friends whose grandmothers knew how to make 
Chinese dessert dumplings and that's about like it's like rice cake skin but it's a different texture and that takes hours of time and hand skill but they knew how to do that stuff but in my household my parents and my grandmother also they were working class so they were working multiple jobs and were never home so then we had to do we had to be fed in a different way right so so um, why don't we help ourselves and we can pass the plate around then that's really nice and light doesn't feel like potato. Like 10 years ago, this wouldn't have been available here at all, probably, unless it was being made at home by someone, right? And so we're going to go onto the car and we're going to drive over to Silver Drive. Number five, Silver Dragon Restaurant on Roby Street. What I ordered, I think I already told you what I ordered, but um, in Cantonese, it's a Cantonese style dish. So in the name of it, it actually says uh, pineapple, Cantonese style pineapple shrimp, and you can get it as pork as well. And that used to be the dish that I would get, like they would get it for me and my Canadian raised Chinese uncle, because it was sort of like sweet and sour meat. And it was called gulo yok. I would say I have to taste it first, but on first impressions, it looks like, um, you know, chicken balls, shrimp balls kind of uh, type, but it might, could still be very delicious. There's honestly not a lot of archival photographs of Chinese establishments around the city, even though we know that they existed, but there's not a lot of documenting of uh, those spaces happening. I think mainly it was if the Chinese community were celebrating something, then they would have a photographer photograph that. But in general, it's not like there was a whole lot of street photography happening in Halifax where mm -hmm. the life was generally documented. I looked up in the archives uh, for photos and there's literally two photos that have Chinese cafes from I think the 30s or 40s. A friend of mine introduced me to um, Mary Mohammed, who used to run Mary's Bread Basket on Quinpool, I believe. So she's like an 80-something year old Chinese woman who has spent a lot of time in Halifax. So I might go give her a call and pick her brain about it. Because maybe she has photos. Apparently Wings from Hing, Hing Wing from Wings pursued Mary Mohammed. Yeah. Number six, Camp Fat Asian Grocery on the Bedford Highway. When we arrived, we weren't sure if it was open. But thankfully, the store owner allowed us to go in just for a few minutes to pick out treats. This is our last stop. Oh, to awesome. buy Asian treats and look at all the stuff that oh you Oh my offer. god, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. So what did you guys uh, uh, conclude about the Chinatown? <laughs> that there's lots of offerings, but yeah. they're just not situated close together. Well, we used to be on Shibaka Road um, oh, so for 10 years. We, we, this Whoa. is our, we, our new location. So. It was convenient for us because there was more uh, traffic. Yeah. Like we have 2,000 cars passing by. Or so. Thank oh, you so much for you. coming, you guys. I'm so we're, glad that I was one of your stuff. We're really happy that you were open. I was yeah, worried that we had awesome. missed you, and I was like, we'll just go look in their windows. So we bought matcha candies, pokey sticks, and I chose marshmallows stuffed with chocolate.
This talk ended with us going to the parking lot of Chinatown Restaurant by the Bedford Basin. This was right around sunset and families were at the basin fishing. As we arrived, we sat down on a park bench to share all our treats from Tianfet. Well, this concludes our tour. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks everyone for coming along and just giving yourself over to it. It was such a pleasure. You have been listening to Mouth Level, I Level's Food for Thoughts podcast. I'm your host and editor, Camila Salcedo. I would like to give a special thanks to David Clark and Julian McMillan for their guidance. All music compiled for this episode is from freesound.org.